Hello everybody, welcome to In The Change Room, made just for you by Bright Rock. It's good to be back. My name is Motirisi Mohono, and I'm in the great company of our favorite writer, rugby scribe, Johan Gatsia, in the house, as well as our new friend, Kaya Malatana. How are you doing? Rugby World Always. Cup 2019, treating you right. Always good. It's been working very hard through the World Cup, but now obviously the business ends, so, you know, get to rest a little bit. Mm, not getting enough sleep because of those early morning call times. Oh man! But yeah, it's all worth it. It's been good rugby um, all around. It's crazy. It's been great to see the your supposedly smaller nations actually performing, uh, which is wonderful. But yeah, we always knew, uh, barring Japan, we always kind of knew um, who the eight five, who the eight teams that were gonna come out. Um, generally we're going to be. Yeah, so no surprises going into the quarterfinals, but it still makes for very interesting quarterfinal viewing. South Africa, Japan. Yeah, we start there. It'll be the last game, and of course, a lot of lot of interest there after the Brighton miracle. And then uh, the opposite happened when we played them in that warm-up uh, just before the World Cup. It's, yeah, it's a game of two contrasting styles. It will be beautiful to watch uh, the the more South Africa can choke them, play a slow, ugly game, the more the better for us. They, they can't compete with that. It's uh, not so much our tight five. If that second tight five we have on the bench, they'll win that game because we can do the tight choking game for 80 minutes. That's something no one else can do. If, if, we, if we fall for that trap again, the Brighton trap, and start running at them, it'll become interesting. But I think we've learned our lesson. Yeah. 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 So got to be brutal up front. Got to be no more bruising. Typical South African rugby. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this reminds me of uh, when uh, we, we were coming up against Italy in the pool stages and everybody was hunting on about how they possibly could trip us up. And uh, we just, you know, were clinical and bullying in that game. We just showed up as the typical South African rugby brand that if you're not going to be physical, we're just going to run over you and then you can go crying to mommy afterwards. Mm. Um, you know, five minutes into that game, there were no contested scrums because we were done with that front row. So, um, you know, Japan can expect the same on, on Sunday um, in that starting from scrums, from lineouts we should bully them. And that should be the only tactic we're going in there with. Big difference is I don't think the Japanese will try and kill Dwayne Vermeulen. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would even have a chance to get to him because they're still that front row as well as our world-class lock pairing. I yeah. think that's probably where we, we trump Japan. Can they show up physically at all? They can for a while. Um, I think they can f they front up four and a half, but once they have to bring on their bench players and we bring that's where the real yeah. golf and class is. And if we can keep going, if we don't lose patience, even if the score is tight, but we don't lose patience of that game of ours, yeah. uh, by the time we get to 80 minutes, the score would have opened up. Yeah, which head to head are you looking forward to, Kay? Um, obviously, uh, you know, Japan and South Africa, but, you know, we've spoken about that. My The most interesting one, um, simply because of what the press conference afterwards could turn out to be is going to be the English-Australia uh, clash um, <laughs> because you, we know the, who the ref is in that game. Oh. So you can expect one or two calls that are going to leave all of us scratching our heads in terms of do we actually know the law <laughs> because this is what the refereeing has is, is been about in the World Cup. So, yeah, um, you know, I think uh, there's going to be some controversy in that game, but uh, I suspect England will pull it through, though. 
What I can't wait for is Michael Checa to lose his head. <laughs> he's, he's already doing so in media conferences already. Conference so that'll for. that'll just be spectacular. Uh, guys, there, you don't think that Australia have any chance no, at all? No, no, of course they have a chance. So oh, I think they're going to cause an upset. The, the thing is, uh, once again, you're going to have a big physical pack up against a team that wants to run the ball. Uh, it all depends on Vunipola. Is he fit? Can he play? Because that, yeah. that'll give the physical edge to England and make it easier for them to, to dominate up front. If he's not fit, then, then it's far more equal. And then I think Australia's in with a chance. I think they're the better attacking team. Yeah. Yeah. I just get the sense, you know, um, Eddie, Eddie Jones would have worked out one or two tricks um, to try and spoil, especially rock ball. Um, in a manner that will probably leave the Australians not quite satisfied with the referee's calls. And, you know, when a team starts questioning every referee's call, psychologically they start losing the battle. Yeah. And England is one of those teams that are quite, you know, astute in smelling, you know, that, that kind of disturbance within a team psyche. And they just keep coming at the same thing until you, you fall apart. Um, you know, England is very consistent as well in the small things that they do. Um, so expect them to, you know, keep the same processes throughout the 80 and they'll just systematically choke Australia out of the game. Hi, my name is Sabela Sanatla. I'm Paul True. Hi, I'm Carl Brown. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to In the, the Change Room. room. Well, let's go back to the South Africa-Japan one. I want to get your thoughts on some of the matchups we can look forward to, including the one between Colby and Matsushima. Uh, Chez and Colby clear to play. What have those two brought in terms of just how they play and what sort of impact do you think they'll have on the game? You've got some stats there in front of you, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Can you maybe just run us through that? Because uh, I, I, someone sent it to us last night and I thought it was really interesting. The battle of the pocket rockets. The yeah. pocket rockets. <laughs> yeah, it certainly See, is me, that. For me, the difference between the two comes in um, where the one feeds off a lot of ball possession from the team keeping a lot of ball. Whereas the other one feeds off, you know, the broken play, kick a lot, you know, chase yeah. and make opportunities out of nothing. So Colby is, you know, he's, he's in tune with that way of playing now. He knows where to sniff his opportunities out. So for, you know, for me, it's going to be a struggle, you know, for, for Matsushima in the sense that if we're able to starve Japan of ball position, if we're able to cut the ball off before it gets to the wing, mm. where else is he going to look for? for yeah. They do sometimes use the, that inside channel when they, yeah. the blind side wing comes in. It doesn't happen often, though. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree exactly about uh, when the stats, when we read it. But when I, what I can remember is that um, Matsushima had, had far more runs, far more run meters, mm. whereas Colby had a lot, lot more line breaks and a lot more defenders. Uh, if, you, if you average up yeah, against let me, the Let carrier. me actually jump into these ones. So according to the stats, Matsushima, 48 meters uh, run. Mm. That's probably like per, per match, I, I reckon. Defenders beaten, uh, 22 for Matsushima, 15 for Colby. Colby's got six clean breaks, Matsushima 11. And 77% uh, tackle success for Colby, uh, 81 for Matsushima. So they're pretty, pretty close. Um, to one another in terms of that. I think Matsushima's just got a whole lot more carries, three mm. times more than mm. Colby. But that, that speaks to what, what Guy was saying there. Uh, the work he the does Jap for The Japan, Japanese team, yeah. all that tells you, it's not really a comparison between two guys. It tells you one wing plays for a team that likes to spread the ball wide and the other one likes to keep the ball tighter to the back. He, he's got a play of scraps and of high kicks. And, mm. uh, but when he does, and, and you compare it out, you average out, 
out against the carries, then then he's deadly. Yeah, and, uh, and it will be once again. But what a matchup! That's, that's going to be glorious either way. <laughs> it's going to be great. To it's absolutely going to be great because Kobe can make something out of nothing. Yeah, that's, that's his magic. That, that that's what's made this World Cup his. Um, in all honesty, and I, and I strongly believe that if we are able to make it to the finals, he'll probably be, be um, you know, the player of the tournament uh, in the way that he just, you know, lights up the field from absolutely nothing. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough battle because they're both dynamic, they're both quick. But I think Colby's got the slight edge in terms of nippiness and, mm. and agility. And, um, you know, that's what's going to help us a lot in this game. Um, you know, for, for Matsushima, you know, work rate is going to be key. Um, especially, like I said, if they get starved of, you know, the position that they're so used to. Um, what, what is his fallback? Because it's not going to be the aerial battle. Um, we know we, you know, blew them to pieces in that warm-up game. With that, with that battle, so they're gonna be left struggling for position on the park and trying to utilize that as best they can. Um, so for me, I honestly, as much as people are nervous, I think uh, you know if, if if South Africa within the squad believed in their physical ability, um, they shouldn't you know be too concerned. Yeah, this is certainly the game to show it off. There's been quite a bit of crazy quotes coming from Rugby World Cup 2019 <laughs> uh, um, and uh, equally crazy reactions, the typhoon, etc. Um, so we're going to play a game of who said it. So, gentlemen, who said this? I'm always telling my coaches not to watch the opposition so much. They watch too much footage of the opposition. I think it was Gregor Townsend about the typhoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Any guesses? And then Mike, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that sounds something like Michael Checker would say, yeah. Ding, ding. Michael Checker. There okay. was uh, a hit of the England quarterfinal. Um, but are you buying this, um, you know, he seems so cavalier going into this England match. Is it, is it all a front or is it just it mind is, games? It is all cloak and dagger in that Australian squad. It's an angry squad. They don't seem to be very happy on, on the outside when you mm. speak to them. And uh, that, that's the type of quote of someone who doesn't want to commit to when when you when asked the question he doesn't want to commit to it so but he never commits to anything yeah that's true yeah. he, always, he complains a lot but he never really commits yeah, he's, to yeah he's always been like that but yeah that's uh, i could spot that one a mile off <laughs> <laughs> well let's see if you can spot this one um okay clue it's a player not a coach they're Ooh. used to that pressure i watched the amazon documentary on them they're beating teams by 40 points and still getting slated at home so that pressure is always Always with them every time they put on the jersey. Rory Best, Jonathan Sexton, Jonathan Sexton. Oh, hey, Johan! Hey, Johan is on fire. Fireball, eh? Why do I feel like Johan was conducting this interview. Never, never. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, are Ireland playing? You know, are they? Do you feel that they are under pressure? And do their recent wins over New Zealand count for anything at the moment? Okay, there's two ways of looking at it. Hmm. Firstly, Ireland's beaten New Zealand, so that mental barrier has broken. They know they can win this game. It's not an impossibility in their own minds already. And that, that's half the game won for them. The flip side of that coin is that New Zealand knows what they did wrong. They also went back and had a look at those games. So whatever they're going to throw at them this weekend has got to be a little different. They would have changed up a few things and will Ireland... they got Joe Smith in charge who's just as clever as any day as any coach in the world. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that's going to be the, the tactical 
tactically the best game to watch this weekend because it's going to be two genius rugby brains mm. against each other and two teams that know how to execute whatever the coach has. Um, probably New Zealand, probably favourite, but Ireland could pull one off there. Yeah, uh, Irish upset. Ireland, Ireland picked too early. They picked way before the World Cup. And since those performances where they were clinical in beating New Zealand, they really haven't reached that level of, of performance, to be honest. And the way they lost um, to Japan as well, you know, just by falling away defensively if you keep enough ball and keep asking questions of the defense line. And that's how Japan was able to stay in that game and eventually score in the second half and beat them. And, you know, with the All Blacks having gone back and done their homework in how they deal with rush defense, in how, you know, they, you know, they changed up their... Um, fullback, fly-off combination and how those guys are not dictating the game. I think they've just got too much arsenal for, for, for Ireland to to really pose a threat. But it can always be a close game. But I don't think Ireland is shown good enough form to actually pull this one through. If they do, it'll be because of a typhoon. It will be madness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Who said it? We start matches strongly. We have the opportunity to kill them off, but we don't, and teams come back. We hold back. Our first-half success deserts us. We have to correct that, and we'll come correct this weekend. We'll correct it this weekend. Is that a player or a coach? Player as well. Ah. Mm. This one's a tough one, though. Southern Hemisphere or Northern Hemisphere? Yo, so many. Northern Hemisphere. That sounds like Owen Farrell. No? No. Northern Hemisphere. Let's okay. Let's let's zero it down. It's between the Welsh and the French. That would be the French then. Uh, I would say that. The hooker. <laughs> Look no. at these minds going. No. It's not. One more try. Oh. French player, you sure? Welsh? Okay, I'm too much. Time. At no. Yeah, no, we're just sitting here guessing. No, but uh, tell us, is it, is it a Welsh player or a French player? French player, Roman oh, yeah. Tamak. Okay. Oh, French fly half. Yeah. He's too young to be making yeah. such <laughs> statements. Far, far too much yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, see, he's not buying into the, you know, um, I remember Scott Spedding saying in studio, and that's a that's a side that flourishes under adversity. When their back's against the wall, they'll pull off yeah, when a they miracle performance. Mm. Exactly. But now can they string two perfect halves? Of rugby against Wales to even make it through to a semi-final. Uh, see, these are teams that know each other very well, and you know Wales has been dominant over France. You know, especially this last Six Nations, and uh, the way Wales is looking balanced in their game. Um, you know, with with France, if you're able to negate that free-flowing kind of game, um, you know they kind of start imploding from within. And I think Wales will walk into that game mindful of the discipline aspect of their defence to make sure, you know, they don't let France cut loose. But then again, this is a World Cup and, and a France side at any World Cup knows how to cause upsets. They're mm. really good with that. Um, and they've had the annual player bust-up, Palace Revolution. Oh, yeah. So that already <laughs> makes, it, makes it much, much more dangerous. So that's another quarter-final that's up in the air there. The third annual Bright Rock Players' Choice Awards brought to you by Bright Rock and My Players. The South African Rugby Players' Organization will be held 
at the park at Hyde Park on Tuesday the 19th of November 2019. The awards held by players for the players are the only of their kind in South Africa and sees professional rugby players from SA's 14 unions vote for their top players across six award categories. The award ceremony will see professional South African rugby players honour and acknowledge their peers for playing the bounce over the past season. Limited tickets available to the public from Friday the 4th of October from Ticket Pro. Well, on that note, as we always do in every single episode of the In The Change Room, we listen to a snippet of a halftime chat that's done by Serv Ngesi. And this week, he was chatting to former Blitzball captain Carl Brown on the other side of the table. For me, Carl, I've known you for many, many years. I've watched you. And I think being part of the whole Sevens establishment, I've always realized that you can't be a bad person and be a, ba- a sevens player. <laughs> it's mutually exclusive. Huh? Yes, definitely. Yeah. And we've had this conversation before. How do you guys get it right? All the guys are just good people. So when you when you talk about uh, being part of the sevens setup, I actually had a conversation with a friend this weekend. We went on a like a four hour cycle and we we're just chatting and uh, and I said, you know, the best one of the best decisions of my life was to stay at the sevens. Mm. So you know you get to like 24, 25 and you get itchy feet and I wonder if I can crack it at Super Rugby and this and then I should give it a go. And at the time I think I was probably a year into captaincy and then the option arises and you think, well, you can go hack it out on a bench in Super Rugby and try to prove yourself again or you can continue to captain the country at a sport that's growing. And I genuinely the best decision of my life so far was to stay in sevens rugby mm-hmm. aside from the personal life of marrying my wife because that's the best decision by far wow <laughs> if you were listening miss brown wow that's just for you there it's a shout out for you yeah. um that that was um for me number one was staying at the sevens rugby. and and you know where a big part of it stemmed from first season i played so i had a couple mates and i got really close to him and then after we won that first world series a couple of them bug it off because that's what sevens was about back in the day it was a stepping stone it was come in make your name get a reputation then then find a contract somewhere else and so much of it inside of me was going like this is nonsense this is a this is good value this is this high prestige at this place but nobody we didn't see it we didn't feel it at the time so so what changed because this is all about change well i think i think what happened was there were a handful of people so top of my head um cecil Branko, Chris Dry, Frankie Horn, especially, um, and, and myself, the guys that decided to make Sevens their career. That was it. That was the change. There was no, we're not going to look anywhere else. We're going to play Sevens rugby, and we're going to take this setup. And along with Paul True at the time, who had laid the foundation, like full-on foundation for what we had, what we've grown into. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned his name. Yeah, uh, incredible in, in implementing what this place is all about. You know. Um, was to take this setup and move it to a different place, to, to change this into something that was really, really special. And I, I've often said to people, last 10 years of Sevens Rugby will be the fastest and best growing period of Sevens Rugby you'll ever see in your life. And I was so stoked to be part of that kind of time. The game of sevens has truly come in leaps and bounds. The Blitzbox have done so well in taking the standard of this game to the next level. Be sure to listen to the full-length interview, the halftime chat with Sylvan Gessie. Just search In The Change Room on Iono FM iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, that's where you will find it, the Halftime Chat with Siv Ngesi. That was quite an interesting chat there, wasn't it, Kyle? Yeah. We spoke off air about when you played a little sevens, provincial sevens, and, and that was trials to get into the, the South African side then. Yeah. It was a completely different setup. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, even the brand of rugby the guys played had no real structure to it. Um, and how sevens has grown is that, uh, you know, there's certain patterns of play, you know, certain processes that the players really focus on. And the fact that there's now planning um, according to what opposition you're going to be facing with. Uh, back then, it was just putting, you know, guys together that seemingly had the skill mm. to run, pass and, and, and sidestep like Lee. And then, you know, Bob's your uncle two, you know, a week before, get together, prepare for a tournament and off you go. Um, the fact that they turned a professional I think is testament to how much the game has grown globally, um, how many heroes we, and, and legends we're now starting um, to see come out of the game. And uh, it was a great idea, you know, under Paul True at the time, you know, to go this route and, and make it more professional, make it more focused. Um, it certainly now grows the player pool for us in South Africa as well. It gives the kids another opportunity to look at instead of thinking, well, I'm not going to get a provincial contract. I'd rather, you know, start looking overseas. Yeah. Some of these guys, Neil is, you know, is picking up quite early and is putting them in the academy and now they're flourishing. And, and what a setup they have down there in Stellenbosch. There's such a solid setup, everybody together. All of the time, I think it's it's quite an interesting option as a youngster. If you if you're not going to make it in 15s, or you don't you you know you won't make it immediately in 15s, go travel yeah. the world for a couple of years. That's that's yeah. a fun gig. It's hard work. Exactly. You got to be top fit, exactly. but it's a fun gig. I'm sure. Yeah. You have to be top fit. That's the one thing that the guys always tell you because you think that seven, 14 minutes goes by so quickly. It does not. It takes, it saps the life out of your body. Uh, but let's talk about some, talk to someone rather who knows all about that. The South African women's sevens team coach, Paul Dalport, joins us on the line. Paul, good afternoon. Welcome to In the Change Room. Hi, guys. Great to be in the change room. Thanks for having me. Yeah, certainly been amazing and an amazing time for you and your team as well. Qualifying for uh, Tokyo 2020, the Olympic Games. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, the ladies did fantastically well over the weekend. It was the Rugby Africa Sevens uh, that was in Tunisia. Uh, and yeah, we, uh, we, we ended up beating Kenya in the final. So, you know, we... <laughs> We, we went there with a goal in mind and obviously uh, from a coaching perspective, just very, very happy that we that we did what we needed to do. Yeah, I think you're underplaying the ladies here. So let me tell you what really <laughs> happened. Okay, they beat Uganda, Zimbabwe and Zambia. That was in their pool match. They knocked out Morocco and got rid of Madagascar before beating Kenya in the final. So uh, it was just a series of absolutely amazing performances by Imbogoto. Uh, what is the next assignment for you and your team now, Paul? Yeah, so the next assignment for Imbokoda is um, Dubai. So we're playing the International Invitational Tournament there, which is the first weekend of December. And then obviously really looking forward to the Cape Town Sevens. Uh, it's going to be the first the first year that the ladies are included. And we've uh, we've been given the invitational spot in that in that uh, tournament. So very, very, very happy about that. And obviously really looking forward to that. It's going to be a good gauge of, where we are, um, you know, this year we, we haven't really played tournaments at that top level, so it'll be very nice to play against all the teams on the on on the circuit and just to see where, whether or not our our plans are actually going to come to fruition and to see what we've been working on is actually worthwhile in in, in terms of worldwide trends. Uh, Paul Ikaya, um in terms of uh, okay. physical development, are you doing anything new? Um, you know, to make sure the girls' strength explosiveness um, is sort of uh, that competitive level um, because we know South African uh, ladies rugby is not as experienced as your England, Australia, New Zealand for example 
Yes, Kai, yeah, it's a re- uh, great chatting to you, bud. Yeah, and a, a really good question. So, yes, we have we have full-time uh, SNCs. Our, our SNC who's joined us now, Sandile Sabeko, is incredible. He's a human movement scientist, which is exactly what I wanted for our setup because you know as well, you know, a, a lot of our ladies playing 15s in South Africa, you know, they – they, the profile is not really conducive to sevens. You yeah. know, sevens is more about athletic ladies. So we, we, we have Sandile who's made a massive push. So we do a lot of speed speed and agility sessions, a lot of speed sessions. And we've 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 gone back to the basics in terms of just building building up their basic strength, mm-hmm. obviously getting their conditioning up, but move, working mostly just on their movement patterns yeah. so, they, so they can move better on the field. And any immediate plans to sort of try to get those programs out to a provincial level because that's where your your talent comes from. And you're not always going to have them, you know, 24-7 to make sure they develop it at a satisfactory rate. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Kai. I think the big thing for us is just getting people to buy in. And I know yeah. you, you've you coached before as well. You know, everybody everybody has their, has their own plan. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all the... Um, uh, Tim Pumbu, who's the head of SNC at at SAR, has been making a big push to get out there. I know a couple of weeks ago he was actually up in Limpopo because yeah. we know how good the athletes are there. So just getting getting what our SNCs are focusing on and doing just out there uh, and just educating the guys out there on what we're trying to do and also just trying to make it as inclusive as possible, Kai. You know, we've got yeah. so much we've got so much talent and expertise in our country. We just we just need to be a bit more aligned. I feel, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. in the in in the in the women's game because you know we we don't have the resources so what we decide to to, to do with those resources we've got to do the right things yeah, that's cool. yeah and that's the pressure for us you know you look at the men's game there's a lot there's a, a lot of money possibly more room to experiment and more room to do things whereas for us we just don't have the resources so yeah. we've got to be smart about the way we work and we are we're trying to refine um, a lot a lot of those processes and just trying to work smart yeah no, for sure i'd pull you on yeah uh, I want to I want to take you back to Cape Town Sevens if we can for the moment because that's probably the first time that the that the general public will get to get to know the Imbokoto squad. Um, yep. I know that I know the the day one of the women's series starts on, on the Friday. Um, are you expecting what, what's your expectations for the tournament and and what's your expectation in terms of crowd reaction there? Yeah, the expectations for the tournament obviously, but uh, the the. Yeah. Cape Town tournament was voted the best team on the, I mean, the best tournament on the series for the last two years. So really looking forward to that. I think that that's going to run run seamlessly. You know, chorus and everyone that the part of the organizer, part of the organizing committee, that do such an incredible job. Um, for 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 us from a from a crowd perspective, we're obviously trying trying to get our our last pool game before the guys' first game. Uh, I know that they play a game on the on the Friday night, so. From a crowd perspective, we're really hoping that people are going to come out and just watch women's rugby, because if you if you if you know what's going on in the in the in the world of women's sevens, it's 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 something truly special. You know, it's been been really about the rise of the athletes over the last few years, and, and I think just about playing a really entertaining brand of rugby. You know, the 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 women's world series kicked off two weeks ago in 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 Glendale, and those games were really really something to behold. So I'm just I, I'm just you know telling everybody come out have a look watch watch the ladies play and if you if you haven't watched it or if you have uh, any preconceived ideas i promise you those ideas will be changed paul it's Mats here um just gauging yourself with the rest of the world or the rest of the teams on the world circuit how far off do you think we are to not just being a team that participates but a team that competes 
Jeez, that's a that's a really really good question. Um, I think for us, the only the only time we're really going to be able to gauge that is after the Cape Town tournament. It's like we said, we've we've spent this year to rebuild. Uh, we've we've really put a big effort into into trying a couple of new things. To and making them a bit more accountable. Um, so the only way we're going to gauge is obviously playing against the top 11 teams on the on on the World Series, and that will also give us a lot of info going into the into the into the World Series qualifier next year in March. Uh, so we know in, in terms of systems and in terms of players and athletes and things, we are at least 10 years behind the top teams in the world. But we would like to be competing against against the Brazils, against the Fijis, against the Spains, against the Islands. Um, so that that's what our goal will be. You know, we'll 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 obviously go there with a with a with a defined goal in in mind, and then hopefully execute what what we'd like to execute in that tournament. Paul, I was lucky enough uh, the, the other night to join you guys at the launch of the Becoming Umbukoto series, uh, and then we've all seen it on our television screens now. So I'm I'm interested to know these these recent converts to seven. How did how did they go in in the Tunisia tournament? Uh, good, yes. I mean, we had we had we had uh, Meg, Megan Phillips and Liska Latikhan that uh, that have been part of the Turkey's Turkey system. They were both former athletes. Um, they've they've both been playing rugby for about a year and a half now. So they did they did very very well. You know, for them, they, the the next part of their development will now be playing more tournaments at a at a higher level. Because what Turks has done really well, and it's incredible, is that they play a lot, but they don't play a lot in in you know. World-class tournaments. They play a lot in these in these low-level tournaments, which is great to get out there and to play. But a lot, a lot of the ladies, especially if they are as athletic as as this can make, and they aren't really tested. So for them, the big test is gonna is gonna continue to come. You know, they they did very very well this this weekend at the African Cup, where the level was a little bit higher. And then obviously um, the proof is gonna be in the pudding when we when we when we mix them up with the with the top teams in the world. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us here on In The Change Room. And we wish you and the girls nothing but the best going forward. All the best with Dubai, but can't wait to see you guys in Cape Town. That should be a party. Thanks so much, guys. And, and again, thank you. Thank you so much for the exposure you, you're giving all of these incredibly talented ladies. I think with, without you guys, we, we'd really be struggling to get, to get our message out and to, and to try and do and implement what what we're trying to do so we're very very grateful from our side thank you well thank you thank you yeah we always we always have time for women who are doing amazing things in the sporting space and that's paul delport he is the head coach of the south african women's sevens team who have now qualified for the olympics it's going to be an absolutely great one and in celebration at uh, this their sponsor castle have given us 20 castle supporters jerseys to share with our podcast listeners and this week we're giving away four Four shirts that you can win if you can tell us who Kaya Malotana's Rugby World Cup Player of the Tournament contender is. He mentioned it earlier on in the podcast who he thinks is vying for that spot, particularly if um, that particular team makes it through to the final. I can't tell you the team, otherwise I give it away. So that's the question. Who is Kaya Malotana's Rugby World Cup Player of the Tournament contender? You get that right and you can win yourself one of four supporters' shirts. Send your answer via WhatsApp to 
to the South African International Code 060-921-6977. 060-921-6977. For T's and C's, go to this episode's outline on our IONO FM channel. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Kaya, thank you for joining us. It's been great, guys. Jovicho. <laughs> Who was your last four again? You said England? Um, England New Zealand. New Zealand, South Africa. And uh, went Wales. 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 I went Wales. So who are your semi finalists? Uh, who are your finalists then? Just off that four. The very first uh, game against New Zealand. Ah, okay. I see where you're headed. I've, I've gone with that final. Yeah. Same year, but I've been saying it for the last four episodes on. Yeah, I've been adamant. <laughs> and if, if anyone stands to lose any reputation for that final not happening, it's, <laughs> it's probably me. You. <laughs> so let's just hope they pull through for me, if, if only for me. Yeah, New Zealand-South Africa final will be one That's for the I'm ages called, yeah. in 2019. Yeah. Certainly will be. But before we even get there, it's quarterfinals weekend, guys. Enjoy all of the action. It is England taking on, on Australia, Ireland up against New Zealand, Wales taking on France, and South Africa up against Japan. Would love to hear your thoughts as well so do uh, put down your comments in the comment section thank you for joining us here on in the change room